drenched. There had been many adjectives used to describe me over the 23 years of my life. Like just this morning, I had been called a mistake. But wet or drenched was never on the list. Which in itself was a miracle because this is the third time this week that I had been completely soaked by the rain. As it is, I always forget the umbrella home. It had been a normal day today. I had gotten up with the alarm, had a fresh start, had a nice breakfast with my mother. But then again, when had Berkshire's life ever been normal? Usually, I am out the door before my father could come out of his room and into this house. But for some bizarre reason, he today decided to come home early. Fumbling with the door and stumbling at the nightstand, the man stared at us as if he had seen some otherworldly creatures. That was the cue for my mother's tears and the cue for the man to start shouting. My father started shouting and it turned louder and louder with me sitting there and just listening when suddenly his eyes followed me. Well, there goes being invisible. With me being very visible, I knew it was only a matter of time before he spoke something to remind me of what a waste of space I am or what a cruel joke the life had played on him. But today was a last special day. I wish you were never born, he said. You are the big, biggest mistake of my life and the biggest regret of my life, he said. And I listened, really listened to the pain in his voice, looked at the truth in his eyes. He had always genuinely thought so. But I already knew that, right? So why did it break my heart every time that he said it? I gathered myself with all my dignity and left for work. But again, I just had to forget that it was monsoon season and one thing I should always be sure of is that there is no truth in the weather report. If it says it's sunny, that I should know it with rain. A rookie mistake on my part, believing the weatherman. Reaching the office, my day started as it usually did, shouting from my boss, and the few tones from my now very junior employees. I always dreamed of writing. More often than not, you could find me in a world of my own creation, either on paper or in my own mind. So when I got a job as an assistant to a junior editor for one of the most known publishing houses that started just seven years ago and already had the biggest name in the country, I was aesthetic. That had been two years ago. In these two years, all the new assistants who had joined before me or with me had been promoted to junior editors and my boss, who was then a junior editor, was now a senior editor. And yet here I am as an assistant to the same cruel, cruel woman. I was doing my job when my boss called me in for a meeting. The meeting was about the book she was going to publish. She had been talking about it for a long time. It was her daughter's book, you see. But today I noticed that the book was not her daughter's at all. It was mine. 
I had submitted the book to her, which she had said at the time that it not it did not have the potential or was worthwhile for publishing. And here she was publishing it under her name, her daughter's name. And she had the audacity to look at me and smirk as if taunting me to say something because she knew that I was not going to say anything. So when the day finished and I ran out of the office, I walked aimlessly around the city with bone-soaking rain splashing over me and I thought over the day's events. I had a father who thought I was a mistake, a cruel, cruel boss and a man who made my life hell. I also had a book that was never going to be published and when it is going getting published it's with someone else's names on it. It was days like this that battling dysthymia seemed impossible. I used my writing as a battle as a war as a soldier against my disorder. But when someone takes away my writing, the one thing that is solely mine, what do I have left? What am I? Am I just my work? Am I just a human? What is mine if not my words written on paper? Thoughts upon thoughts came on to me crashed into me like waves from the unbidden sea, a storm brewing and brewing of humiliation and everything around me was loud. Every horn, every splash of water, every splash of rain was loud. Every spoken harsh word, every mean glare came unbidden into my mind today. And I noticed I was standing at the end edge of a bridge, just a few meters away from the railing. The water flowing below seemed very serene and quiet and peaceful. Waves lapping over each other. They reminded me of the rivers found in the heavens, as my mother used to describe to me when I was younger. And I thought, wouldn't it be better? To have peace in the gardens above? Why stay in this loud and mean and despicable world where there is no justice and there is only judgment? Why not in the gardens above that God has designed where there is no judgment, no injustice and just peace? It seemed that the manager of the gardens above had heard my question. What timing, I must say. It was answered by the strap of my bag snapping and everything from my purse came tumbling out. It broke my thoughts and made me look down. I gathered everything up and tried to push it or rather shove it in my bag again. Only an envelope was left. An envelope with no return address, no name, nothing, just my name written on it in a beautiful penmanship. Opening the 
envelope, I found a letter addressed to me. One written on crisp white paper with a beautiful show of penmanship. It was the most beautiful handwriting I had ever seen in my life. And so I ran under the bridge in the shed to assure that that penmanship never, never was faded away. The letter read, Dear Barkat, I have always been fascinated by your name, you know. Barkat means to prosper. But in these two years that I have known you, I have not seen you prosper as much as I would like. While as a human being and as a writer, you have prospered by leaps and bounds, I have seen you sit at the same desk for the two years. And I know how that can feel. The weight, the hopelessness, the failure, and above all, the hope. I know every one of those feelings. I have been through that and I have emerged through that. Though the path of emerging from this spell of stillness in life has been paved by many downs and very few ups and many hardships. I had almost given up so many times, times when I could feel like I am not doing anything worthwhile, almost a grown man and nothing to show for it, no solid job, no income, I was in a rut, and I did almost give up once. But someone knocked into me and literally knocked some sense into me. She was beautiful, believe me. I believe that we all have to go through this run at least once in our life because it makes us realize the potential that we have. It is a test of our perseverance, our patience and our strength. And I'll admit, while I have prevailed in this test, I had been bad at it and failed many many times. But when I see you, I see that I had failed much more than I ever imagined at my rock bottom. Because I see you fight every day and I see you win every day. I see you not coming to the hardships and fight onwards even if it is fruitless. You do it with such grace and dignity that it would put a prima ballerina to shame. You Barkat inspire me to be like you, to write like you, and to write about you. You are one of my biggest motivations and my most revered inspirations and the most beautiful and elegant muse that I have ever written about. And yet today I saw you and you looked like you could use a reminder of just how majestic and mesmerizing you are. Sure, things might not be going your way right now, but they will eventually. And you just have to take one step. Take that one step, Bhakat, for your sake. Forego any respect or any inhibitions. Voice what you are thinking, not on paper, but use your own voice and sound it to the world. Fight for yourself. Fight for your voice and fight for your work. There is no one else who can do that for you, you know. You just need to see, say your piece. You need to have faith. You are the one who taught me that, to have faith. So today I am asking you to believe in that faith and to believe in yourself.
say what you think is right and see if you are not rewarded believe in yourself barkat because i believe in you and i would like to part you with a quote from your favorite writer grow old along with me the best is yet to be the last of life for which the first was made our times are in his hands who said a whole life planned youth shows but half trust god see all nor be afraid robert browning yours truly an admirer